Well, welcome everybody. It's our second installment of Get to Know. I'm Storm Team 2 Chief Meteorologist Rom Fowler, and this is just a way for us to get to know people we work with, people you might work with in the community. And we're so happy to have our second guest, uh, someone I work with, and that is Tanya Estes, who's our news director here at Channel 2. And uh, Tanya, I know we're, we love having you, and I knew right away that you and I were going to get along when uh, you were here meeting with the general manager, Gray Soaps, on your interview, job interview, and you said, Rob, weather is the most important thing to me. And as a meteorologist, that, those are words to live by, and uh, I knew we were going to get along right away. Yeah, weather is most important to me. I've done news for 25 years, and I truly feel that weather is the one story that impacts everybody. And that's why it's really important that um, we're aggressive with weather and that people know that we're here to make, keep them safe, to give them the latest information. And the one thing I loved about you was that you are no nonsense, no hype kind of guy. You tell it straight. You don't, you're not alarmist. And that's really important with what we're trying to do here. Viewers don't like that. I think they feed into that. They can see that. They can sense that. Um, and so that's one thing that I loved about you and what we do here at Storm Team 2. All right, well, let's go way back now yes. because here it is 2021. You're sitting in our news director's office yes. as the leader of our news department, but this just didn't happen overnight. Kind of go back and tell us how we got to this point. How we got to this point. So uh, growing up, I grew up, uh, you know, with my mom and dad. Uh, didn't have a lot of money. Uh, my dad worked with a grocery store chain, Food Lion. Um, and uh, he was, you know, trying to make it and, and worked long days. And my mother, she stayed at home. And so, but when my parents traveled, I would stay with my grandmother a lot. And she lived out in the country. But the one thing, very uneducated, but great lady, she taught me to read. Uh, but the one thing that she did every night, like clockwork, at five o'clock, she was going to watch the news. That was really important to her. And no matter, she would let me watch whatever I wanted to watch throughout the whole day, cartoons, whatever. But at five o'clock, we were going to watch. At the time, it was the CBS affiliate in Charlotte. And uh, every night we would watch, and then it would feed into the CBS nightly news, evening news, um, with Dan Rather, Walter Cronkite, those guys. So I, I grew up with news always being on. And then, you know, when I would go back to my house, um, you know, my parents would always watch appoint, appointment television. You know, they, my dad did not go to bed every night until he watched the 11 o'clock news, my dad and mom. And then it was the first thing they turned on in, in, the, in the morning. So I grew up in a news family. It was just something we did. It was appointment viewing. And then where I really caught the news bug was, um, I must have been probably 10 or 11 and my parents took me to New York City for the first time. And my mom and dad, my, you know, my dad was in seminars and my mom and I were just out touring about and we were outside 30 Rock. And <clears throat> at that time, obviously I'm quite older, security wasn't at, like it is now. And right. there was a security guard there and he said to my mom and I, would you guys like to come in and see you know, a tour of the, of the um, facility? And so we did, it was a Sunday night, I'll never forget it. We walked around, got to see Saturday Night Live studios, and then we ended up in the NBC Nightly News studio, and I got to stand there and watch Jane Pauley do the news. Wow. And it was such a, it was just like a full circle moment for me, and I thought, this is what I wanna do. I wanna do news. I didn't know, I didn't know how I wanted to do it. I thought at the time I wanted to be a reporter, but I was like, this is, this is something, getting this information out to, just to the masses of people is really an important calling. What you're doing is more than being on TV. It's, it's, it's storytelling, it's telling people stories. And it just, it resonated with me. 
Um, so then I went to Clemson, and Clemson didn't have a journalism department, but they I minored in, majored in psychology, minored in communications, and uh, and then once I got out of, of college, I started applying for different things and uh, you know trying to to break into the news business. And um, I actually had a news director tell me that I, I didn't have what it took to make it in this business in Anniston, Alabama. I'll never forget it. And, um, and from then on, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I just buckled down and I went back to graduate school and I got another internship. And I finally ended up getting married and got my first job as a weekend assignment manager and a morning, uh, morning AP. And then I just worked, worked hard and worked my way up. And a lot of people don't understand that uh, we do have to start somewhere and climb your way up. I mean, it's, uh, it's a tedious process, and you also have so many people who are trying for that same job that you would like to have. Uh, was it frustrating along the way, especially in Anniston, when someone told you maybe you yeah. don't have what it takes? Yeah, I had a lot of people tell me that, that, that I didn't have, you know, uh, being from the South, I think probably the perception is that Southern women can be softer and sweeter and um, aren't as aggressive or smart. Um, you know, I, I, I have a great mom, great dad. I have came from a very privileged, loving background. Um, but there's nothing that is going to get you where you need to be other than the hard work. You have to put in the time. And, you know, I, my mom and dad instilled in me an incredible work ethic that I find has really put me a lot further than my knowledge um, because I'm going to be here. I'm going to be wherever I am. I'm going to be the first in Rob, you're this way. I'm going to be the first in. I'm going to be the last out. You know, there's nothing that replaces a strong work ethic. Because when you're there, you're going to learn. You're going to grow. Um, you're going to meet people. And um, just an incredible work ethic has been, I mean, you can speak to it. You, you're here first. You're here last. It, it, it makes a difference. And then, and then, of course, with younger people, instilling that in them and making sure they know that, that that's something that, you know, can't be taught. It's just something that you have to do. I was just going to ask you, that's my next question. Uh, you coming up through the ranks, and now we have so many young kids, we say kids, I'm older, you know, who want to do this for a career, and they want to be in the news business. What's the advice you give them here in 2021 when they're looking for a job and you're looking for an employee? Yeah, it's, you know, I feel a huge responsibility when I hire people because I'm going to give them an opportunity that, you know, I remember I was begging for. And so I feel a huge responsibility because I know I'm giving them something that's going to go on their resume, that's going to give them a break in the business, that's going to give them the, a foot in the door. Um, so I'm always looking for someone who has an incredible work ethic, who wants to be here, who's open to learning, who loves the business. And more importantly, back to what I said before, you know, a lot of people nowadays, you know, our business has changed so much. They want to be on TV for the glamour and so many times I get asked well do y'all have hair and makeup people no we don't um, it's more it's not about the glamour to me it's not about be being on TV the most Im impressive people to me the young people are the people who want to tell stories who want to be in the community who want to make a difference who want to be an advocate for our community who want to be a mouthpiece piece for people who can't who can't speak and those are you know the way to get to my heart is people who really are are journalists at heart with a really strong work ethic and I know those are the people that have a bright future this year, this past year, 2020, with the pandemic, um, it's tested all of us, but uh, you as our manager here in this news department, uh, you have to really take care of everybody. How has this been on you? And I know you've seen it uh, influence so many in our newsroom too. Yeah, I've been in the news business for 25 years and I've covered many hurricanes. I've spent time in Haiti with the earthquake. I was in Italy for a month covering the Amanda Knox murder trial. I I've seen a lot and I've covered a lot. 
Um, but this past year put me in a really different, uh, having a different perspective and a different outlook because A, I'm responsible for people who could get sick, but I'm still responsible for putting out a product and I'm still responsible for information. And we still, we're, you know, a newsroom is 24-7. We have people here. It's a, it's, a, it's a crazy news cycle. So my main priority was to making sure everyone was safe and that we got people out of the newsroom that could work from home and that we could really scale back without sacrificing our product because people still, like, we had the highest ratings, you know, during last March because people were craving information. We expanded our newscast. You know, it was such an information. We were the lifeline for people to get information, important information they needed about testing and, 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 and where they could go to get their results. It was just such an, uh, the, the information was coming hard and, fa hard and fast. So my priority was A, making sure everyone was safe here. And you know, when we would get people who would either come in contact with someone or even people who got sick themselves, really isolating those incidents, making sure that people got out of the newsroom and just continuing to make sure that people were safe, making sure people felt comfortable to come in and tell me if they had been exposed or if they felt like that they weren't feeling well. Um, and just continuing to work every day and, and put out a great product. We're still doing a public service. It's like with a hurricane, you know. Right. Um, we're their lifeline. So it was just all of that weighed heavily on me. Um, but I think at, at the end, it made me a better manager. I think one of the things that I pride myself on being a manager is is I'm very compassionate. Um, and Because I've had, I've had managers that didn't understand when I was sick and when I called out sick, I, you know, I got an attitude. I, I wanted people to know that they can come to me with anything and I'm gonna try and help them work through it because I think on the back end, when, when you care about your people, they're gonna care about you and they care about the product, so. So on the lighter side, uh, let's kind of go back to Clemson yes. because uh, this is get to know Tanya. Yes. Um, you not just went, didn't just go to Clemson, you ended up being Miss Clemson yes, uh, yes. a few years ago. Yes, many years ago. Tell us about that experience because we have so many folks here in the low country who live and breathe and bleed orange. Yes, I'm one of them. I grew up right outside of um, Charlotte in a small town called Concord and uh, talking about my family, uh, on, the, on the summers we would go to Atlanta for a road trip and I would always sit in the front with my dad in the front seat and my mom and my brother would sit in the back and every time we would go past the Clemson exit, the as many of you know, there's the orange tiger paws that lead off the Anderson exit and my dad, I, I would ask as a little girl, like, what is that? And he would explain to me that you know, that's, there's a school down there, and then at that time they're known for football, and it, and it just, I just always had this fascination about this school, and I'd never been, and, and then when I got into high school, I just knew when my friends were going to UNC and to state that I, this Clemson was the place I needed to be, and then when I visited, I knew it was the place I wanted to be. And as I got to Clemson, I loved it. My time was amazing. It was wonderful. And one of the things that's always been passionate, a passion project of mine is teaching kids to read. Um, I did a lot of literacy work. I've taught people have, with the Literacy Association. Um, so I was really involved with schools. And one, the, one of the ways that I would go and talk to students is I am a trained ventriloquist. Um, so See, and I just found out that <laughs> just before this podcast started. I didn't know that. So I have this giant rabbit named Henry. And Henry is a very cranky, mean, um, can't doesn't like to do anything, but he's great to teach children to read. And so I found that when you bring out Henry, um, children were more apt to like to listen to him than they did to me. And his message was a lot more powerful than my message. So I was able to use my ventriloquism joined with my love for reading, which is still great nowadays. To this, to this day, I love to read. Um, and I was able to teach children to read. And so then someone approached me about um, being in the Miss Clemson pageant. And at that time, um, 
a former Miss South Carolina um, and obviously a journalist, Nancy O'Dell, was also at Clemson, and she and I struck up a friendship, and she really encouraged me to to, uh, to participate in the pageant. She was over the club, I can't remember the club at the time, that she was president of the club that was in charge of Miss Clemson. So um, through that, I did the pageant. Um, it, at the time, it, it, now I think it is actually a, a preliminary for Miss South Carolina. At that time, it was not. Um, so I did, I just thought that would be so great to repre- represent my school. Um, I did the pageant. I will never forget, I won that night. Frank Howard gave me <laughs> my trophy. The Frank Howard. The Frank Howard, and he gave me, a, it's still, my mom has had it on video. I don't know where it is now. She, he gave me a big kiss on the lips the night I won. I was so shocked. Did he give me a piece of the rock? No, he didn't. <laughs> and um, and so then the and the the the, the most excited the ne- that Friday that was on a on a Wednesday night that Friday in my apartment complex um, they always put the tiger out which is the the newspaper the, the school newspaper at my at um, in my apartment complex and my roommate and I were, were leaving to go to our first uh, class of the, on that Friday. And uh, my picture was on the front page of the Tiger, which was super exciting. And so and it was a great year. I got to do a lot of great things um, and travel a lot. And, and that set the stage for um, for other pageants and, and more in that. And it was great to hear you talk about Nancy, who used to work yeah, here. Yeah, so you used to work here. Yes. Yeah. yes. Many years ago and has moved uh, up and, and onward and, and made Clemson proud, I know. I love her so much. She is um, she's one of these people who uh, talk about a girl's girl supporting other women. She always was just someone I looked up to so much when I would see her on campus. And then once, once I won Miss Clemson and I met her through that process, so supportive of me, always uh, just just wonderful. I love her so much. So proud of her. We don't stop there because you ended up being Miss South Carolina. Is that true? Yes, I did. So it's really funny. I did Miss South Carolina, the pageant, twice. Um, The first year I was in it, um, great. I I made the top 10. And the winner that year was the first doctor to ever be Miss South Carolina, Dr. Carrie Davis. She actually went to MUSC. um, And so she won the pageant that year and I made the top 10. And then the next year, I decided I was going to give it one more try, and I was first runner-up, and which was great. I was very happy with that accomplishment, and the pageant was in July, and fast forward to September, and the young lady who had, had won Miss South Carolina that year, who had, who had beat me, was Kimberly Aiken, and Kimberly Aiken became uh, Miss America, so when she became Miss America... I became Miss South Carolina, so wow. her duties took her to, you know, tour the country, and I was able to stay in the state I love and do my literacy platform and spend the year as Miss South Carolina, which was an incredible year, one of the greatest things I've ever done, and I'm so proud of it, and um, it was just a remarkable time. Well, I have to say, I thought I was your biggest fan, but I know I'm not your biggest fan because there's someone who trumps me, and that is your husband, My husband, yes, Butch. yes. And if Butch Esty sounds familiar to a lot of folks, uh, I remember him when he was the coach, basketball coach yes. at Furman University. Yes. So you were married to Butch, and he's now coaching basketball down in Florida. But yes. uh, how did you guys meet, and yes. how did that all come together? I had just graduated from college, and uh, he was, we were, I was at a golf tournament, and he was playing in the golf tournament, and I was there working uh, with my dad's best friend, and they all knew each other. I met him, um, just a hello, how are you, whatnot. Um, and then fast forward three years later, and I was working in Charlotte, and he called me up and invited me to dinner, and the rest is history. <laughs> and we've been married 23 years. 
um, and truly my biggest supporter. He knows I love this. He supports it. You have to love this job to put in as many hours as you do, and it's good because he's a basketball coach, and I understand his job, and we support each other. We move. You know, he'll move when I get a better – like when I got my job in Miami, um, I worked there for a long time. You know, he moved with me, and then I moved with him to a couple jobs. So it's it's a mutual admira- admiration society. He's an excellent coach, so good at what he does, and he thinks I'm very good at what I do. So we, uh, we have a lot of fun with it. I think uh, you guys complement each other well because I don't know if you give him any basketball advice, but I know when he watches our news, he has some tips for, yes. for our news. So I give him a lot of tips. <laughs> I always tell him which players I don't like and don't play them. And um, I'm not one of these wild, crazy yeller screamers at the game, but I, I do get excited about it, and he's he's so good at what he does. So. I'm very proud of him. But all kidding aside, Butch is such a great guy. And I know he's nestled in in this community because this is a community of of basketball coaches. And I know he's talked to Les Robinson, and uh, he probably feels very much at home here. He loves it here. Um, Coach Robinson is a great friend of his, as are, you know, a lot of the other coaches at the Citadel and at the College of Charleston. Um, He went to the Citadel for graduate school. Um, When this job came open, we both knew that this was, like, where we wanted to be, where we wanted to land, where we wanted to stay. And so it's just been a great, great opportunity for both of us, and we're so happy here. Well, we're talking with Tanya Estes, our news director here at WCBD. Tanya, this has been enlightening. <laughs> I've learned so much. I feel like I'm in therapy. I feel like I've told you everything. <laughs> and, and, and you were a little nervous about this. Yes. But, uh, uh, because we, we don't get a chance to talk about our personal lives as right. much, but I think it's important for our viewers to know because – you are someone I've seen, you answer all the emails, I you do. answer all the phone calls, I do. and not all the phone calls and emails are nice, no. and you have to deal with that side of the job, too. Yeah, it's hard, but, you know, I love it. You know, I, I love the fact that people care enough to pick up the phone or send an email about what they like and what they don't like. Um, you know, viewers have so many choices nowadays with so many options, cable news, their phones. So I find the fact that they watch us a huge responsibility and a great opportunity and a huge service. And, you know, I feel like we're in the customer service business. So if we can make their viewing experience better, or if there's something that they want to see that I hadn't thought of, I'm, I love to hear from people. I love to hear from viewers. You know, we want to make people happy. We, um, we have a great, great team here who are very entrenched in the community. And so they're great to be able to tell me what viewers say, but I, I like to hear from them too. And I love to, I love to hear what, what, anything we can do to make, make our product better and to serve the community, I'm all for it. Well, Tanya, this has been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. My pleasure. But if there's one little nugget of information you wanted to leave, is there anything you'd like to say? Maybe someone looking for a job in this business. We kind of talked about that briefly. Yeah. Uh, or how our business is, is going to evolve over the future. It is. It's changing so much. And you have to, it, it's, I have to say this, it has changed so much. It's, it's really hard. Our business is really hard. Um, people listening know that, you know, we get a lot of good press. The media does and a lot of bad press. So you have to have some thick skin. And at the end of the day, you have to really love it because it is hard. Um, you have to love what love the process. You have to love you know, every day I, I'm so excited about the morning meeting and then the, just watching the process of the day to what ultimately comes out to our five o'clock news. Um, so, but you have to love it. You have to really be excited about it and you have to, to have a lot of thick skin to, to get through it. Well, Tanya, thank you for being yeah. our guest here on Get fine. to Know. I think we got to know you today. <laughs> I think you did. Like, yeah, a lot of things that I haven't told anyone, I'm sure that they'll be surprised. <laughs>
Well, I know we're big fans of yours thank in our you. news department, and this community, we're lucky to have you here thank leading you. us. So, uh, thank and, you, thank you. And for our viewers uh, listening, if you have anything you want to say, Tanya's ready to listen. Absolutely. And, Reach out to me. Let me know what you, what you like about our news or what you'd like to see done differently. All right. Tanya Estes, our guest on Get to Know.